Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, we look at some of the headlines in light of Scripture, and James Collins welcomes Terry James back to the program. We also will share updates on our tours to the Middle East and the upcoming Fall Prophecy Conference. Speaking of which, the Fall Prophecy Conference, originally scheduled for Columbus, Ohio, has been canceled. It will now be an online conference. Still the same great speakers, just taking place online. Billy Crone will be there, online. Bill Federer, as well as Greg Patton, Larry Stamm, James Collins, Larry Spargimino, and Dr. Kenneth Hill. You can watch all the sessions on your schedule, when you want, as often as you want, from the comfort of your home. Register today for our Fall Virtual Prophecy Conference, swrc.com, and click on Conferences. Or simply call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Do our pets go to heaven? Recently, James Collins spoke with author Terry James about this intriguing question. There was a lot of interest in this topic, so we invited Terry James back for an extended conversation about what happens to our pets when they pass away. As a pastor over the years, one of the most frequent questions that I've been asked is, do our pets go to heaven? As I have looked into the loving eyes of one of our family dogs, I've often had the same question. With me on the program today to talk about this question is best-selling Christian author Terry James. Terry has authored or co-authored dozens of books on Bible prophecy, and today we're going to talk about his book, Do Our Pets Go to Heaven? Terry, thanks for joining me on The Watchman on the Wall today. Thank you so much for having me again, James. Appreciate it. Terry, many people may not be aware of this, but you're blind, and I want you to know that you're an inspiration to me. I've followed your career for a long time, and I want you to know that I believe most people would have let a disability like blindness cause them to just stop functioning, but not you. You have become a prolific, best-selling Christian author, and would you mind sharing with our listening audience how you lost your eyesight? Yes, it would do to... Uh degenerative retinal disease called retinitis pigmentosa. It's where the rosin cones literally, they literally disintegrate and there's no cure, no stopping it. It's not like macular degeneration. It is in a way, but because the rosin cones deteriorate, but macular degeneration can sometimes be stopped with a laser and so forth. This, at the time, they had no treatment for retinitis pigmentosa, and they still don't, I don't think, to restore. Uh, it's actually brain tissue, the retina is, and it cannot regenerate. So I was just noticing little light flashes like flashes of lightning in my eyes and then I had trouble driving at night and got some more serious and more serious. I was diagnosed in 1977 by a uh, retinal specialist as having retinitis pigmentosa after a very painful examination I might add and I asked him what the prognosis was for this and he said well if what we know about it almost is inevitably leads to blindness. This is 1977. Over the next few days I was very depressed and I asked the Lord you know, like Paul did um, about his affliction, asked several times to take that from me. And I didn't get any relief. He didn't take it, you know, take the depression from me or didn't take the disease from me, I mean. I finally, just like Paul, I remember what Paul said in the Bible about his affliction. I said, well, I asked him a bunch of times, more than three, like Paul did. I said, well, if you can't or won't, for some reason, take this coming blindness from me, would you please just take the depression? And I'll have to tell you, the depression was gone instantaneously. I, had, I was instantly cured in that sense. Haven't had one second of depression or worry about it since. 
And from 77, my central vision, just closing in, closing in, and I lost my sight completely by the end of 1994. And so God let me have my central vision where I could work and do things for quite a long time. But eventually I got to where I had to back away from the computer because I could no longer see the screen. Everything was just running together. So I said, Lord, if you want me to write or do whatever you want me to do, you'll have to do something about it. Well, he answered that prayer too. And that's where my little editor Angie comes in. Yeah. Well, you have a great editor. Tell me about Angie Peters. Angie Peters is not just an editor anymore. She's my daughter in my heart, the deepest part of my heart. And I'm her father in, in many ways, too, her dad in many ways. Once I back away from that computer, and I was in the middle of a book. I'd just written a book, uh, Storming Toward Armageddon, my first book, doing the second one, and I lost my sight completely. My wife said, well, why don't we check in the local area here through the local paper and see if anybody had editorial skills or might want to work with you in some way. I said, you know, that's fine. I said, why don't we see if there's a young lady here who has some young children. We don't have grandkids, and we haven't had any young children around in a long time. I'd kind of like to just be able to, you know, have some young children around me again for a while, just talk to them and, and be a granddad kind of to them. And she said, okay. So we put the blind ad in. We didn't have any stipulations. We did except just editorial skills and so forth and a little bit of experience maybe. Well, I had 15 answers to that blind ad, you know, inside of three days in, our, in that post office box. And so I said, well, here's Angie. And Angie had two little ones. I mean, one was just about a year old. The other was almost it was two, I think, or a little over two. She had a good resume. She had a grade point of 4.0 at a local college in Little Rock. To now, she's been my closest confidant in the writing business. And she's our darling. Again, the kids are my grandkids since I had another one. And God it just worked that out. We've done 41 books all together. Well, I want you to know, Terry, that I'm a fan. I've been blessed by your books for years. I remember reading Storming Toward Armageddon. Oh, that must have been 25 years ago now. And you've written some tremendous books, Essays in the Apocalypse, The Departure, Are You Rapture Ready, Deceivers, Piercing the Future, Antichrist Chronicles. And those have been some of my favorite books over the years, so I want to thank you for being faithful to God's call. thank you for your kind words. I appreciate it. Now, you're also the general editor of the number one Bible prophecy website on the internet, raptureready.com. I probably go to that website once or twice a day. How did raptureready.com come about? Well, I'm glad to brag on my dear friend who's like a son to me. Todd Strindberg, way back in 1987, when he was a very young man, he got it in his heart to put together a website. He sent this around through floppy disks and so forth. But Todd did that way back in 87, and now it's grown to be the largest Bible prophecy website on the Internet. And God has used it in a mighty way, and we're very thankful for it. Well, I want to visit with you for a little bit about your book, Do Our Pets Go to Heaven? Now, I said in the opening that this is a question that I'm asked often. People have pets that they love deeply, so this is an important question, isn't it? Well, absolutely it is. We get attached to our pets. They're like our furry children in some ways. I know I've been attached to every one of ours. They all have their different personalities and do different things that are so heartwarming sometimes, fascinating, aggravating sometimes, just like kids do. But, yeah, I think it's a very important question. If you're just joining us today, my guest on the program is author Terry James. We're talking about his book, Do Our Pets Go to Heaven? And you can get your own copy of Do Our Pets Go to Heaven by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can order from our website, swrc.com. 
Terry, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3, beginning in verse 19, For that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beasts, even one thing befalleth them, as the one dieth, so dieth the other. Yea, they have all one breath, so that a man hath no preeminence above a beast. For all is vanity, all go unto one place, all are of the dust, and all turn to dust again. Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward, and the spirit of the beast that goeth downward? to the earth. Now, is the Bible saying in those verses that it's just all over for animals when they die? No, not at all. I don't think so. The Spirit is still there. God does not lose anything, even the lost humanity. God may forget them in his omniscience. He may choose to do that, but they're still existing in another existence when they die, sadly. They're still there in hell, and they'll be there forever. God does not lose one person or one creature or one I think even plants that he has created. Because Jesus said, by Jesus Christ, all things consist. That means that the whole world is, is put together and held together by Jesus Christ. And so I think the animal spirit will always be with us. And as I stated before, I think that when we're in heaven someday, I believe we'll have the privilege of recalling the animal spirit that we want, want to be with us at that time. Tom Horn wrote the first chapter in this great book, and in that chapter he writes, the question of whether pets go to heaven may depend, some believe, on the covenant relationship with man. And you were just beginning to talk about that. Help me understand that a little bit. Tom, I think, was referring to the covenant that God made himself. You know, God made covenants with mankind. He made it with the Jews and with mankind in general. And he gave Adam the commission to oversee the planet, the pristine planet, the perfect planet he had created gave Adam that privilege, that wonderful oversight. And Adam, of course, blew it when he sinned. He ate of the forbidden tree of the knowledge of good and evil after Eve gave him the fruit, and she was tempted by Satan, and they sinned. And Adam is responsible for that sin. And he lost, I think, the oversight, ability to govern the animal world. Animal world turned vicious, a lot of it did, and even turned on each other, and death entered and so forth. So man lost that covenant and I think that covenant is part of the final restoration that will take place once we're in heaven and all of this earthly history is over with because Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. He has restored that covenant. It's just a matter now of things playing out and people accepting him for salvation. When they do, we're in heaven, and I believe that covenant with animals will be restored. Well, now, you and Tom Horn are not the only ones who believe that pets will be in heaven. You cite Mark Hitchcock, C.S. Lewis, Randy Alcorn, and others. Several other theologians agree with you. Billy Graham was one of those, and he was once asked by a little girl whose dog had died whether her pet would be in heaven, and Graham answered, if it would make you any happier, then yes, he will be. What did he mean by that? I think just what I was talking about, I think that covenant will be restored at that time. The spirit of that animal who had died in this life, I think, can be recalled by us when we're in heaven. I think God will give us that privilege. I think that's what this is all about. I think that that'll be a restored covenant, in other words. Still, we will regain our ability to have the oversight of the animal world. We'll be like Jesus, for example. And, you know, we won't be God, but the Bible says we will be like him. We will know him as he is, and we'll be like him. And certainly, I think that will include the ability to restore to life, eternal life, heavenly life. Of course, God will be the one that has the power that does that, but he give us that privilege, I believe. 
Pets are really part of our family. They're part of my family. We have miniature schnauzers. We love our dogs. Our kids have them. Sherman, Sugar, and Socks are our dogs, and they really are part of our family. And I think some of the most touching chapters in this book were stories that you wrote about furry members of your own family. I was blessed by the story of Butch. I know that you had a cat named Felix, Little Jack, different stories. Would you mind sharing a couple of those? We had this little cat show up. We have these little girls live down the street and everything, and they come up once in a while, and if they find a stray pet, they know where to bring it. So this little girl came up once with a little cat across the handlebar, a little kitten. They know that my wife, Margaret, she loves animals. She just uh, she just loves cats and dogs, too. So naturally, we took this little cat in. She named him Stanley. Well, that little cat somehow, I don't know how, but that little cat, somehow he instinctively knew that I was blind. Every time I got up to walk down the hallway, that little cat would lead me down the hallway. He would bump up against my right leg just above the foot, and he, would, and he wouldn't let me go any farther than into something I shouldn't walk into. He just guided me every time, and we all laughed about it. Every time he guided me, like, for into the bedroom, he just was my constant companion, little Stanley. He lived and was with us a long time, and that was really a sad day for me when he got hit out in the street by a car. And, uh, That's one little cat that if I have that ability I was talking about, I'll have him with me again. Well, let's talk about animals in Bible prophecy. Now, the Bible says in Revelation 19, the Lord Jesus Christ will return on a white horse. You and I will be with him and we'll be riding on horses. And I remember preaching that in church one time. A lady came up to me afterwards and she said, Pastor, I don't like to ride horses. I laughed and said, don't worry, you will. But anyway, we, we do see horses in the millennial kingdom. Also, the prophet Isaiah wrote in Isaiah eleven six, the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf with the young lion, the fatling together, and the little child shall lead them. And Isaiah, in describing the future millennial reign of Christ, describes it as a time in which the curse will be lifted from the animal kingdom. So animals play a part in our future, don't they? Yes, they do. And, and you know, heaven right now must be full of heavenly steeds because Elijah told his underling, Elisha, that he was terrified, and he said, if, Lord, let, let him see what's going on. And there were chariots all around. They could see in the mountains heavenly chariots with heavenly steeds and flaming chariots and so forth. And so heaven must be full of animals that will bless us. We know the millennium will be for sure. You just described lion lying down with the lamb and so forth. I think pet lovers can look forward to a heaven full of animals, I believe even though their own animals. Well, there's no doubt that the bond between our pets and us was cemented by God. So I want to encourage all our listeners to get a copy of the book, Do Our Pets Go to Heaven? It will bless you. It's available now by calling 1-800-652-1144. That toll-free number, once again, 1-800-652-1144, or you can get a copy at our website, swrc.com. We've been talking with author Terry James. Terry, thank you so much for your time today. Sure, James. Thank you much. To get a copy of today's conversation, Will Your Pets Go to Heaven with Terry James, call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. James Collins and Terry James referenced the book, Do Our Pets Go to Heaven? 
Do Our Pets Go to Heaven is a book intended to explore the relationship between you and your pets to, as far as possible, embrace the understanding that the death of those wonderful family members we love so much can be the door to a forever that is filled with unending love. The world of pets, for that matter, of animals in general, is a phenomenal mix of interaction and curiosity. This book presents some of the facets of those interactions and curiosities that we believe will cause you to want to keep returning to its pages time after time. The writers of Do Our Pets Go to Heaven have poured much of themselves into this book. Get your copy of Do Our Pets Go to Heaven for a gift of $15 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order this book online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Bible in the News is a feature that examines events in the news which have prophetic significance. Jerry Tyson, who is the host of the new podcast, In the Beacon's Light, is here to present today's Bible in the News report. Occasionally, a story will come across almost any news feed that makes us blink and look a second time. Following is one of those. It comes from the August 11th, 2021 edition of the BabylonBee.com and was quoted on the One Political Plaza website. I purposely did not take the time to fully check it out. Why? Let's call this an exercise for you. I'm suggesting that you filter it through common sense and whatever other resources you have available. I will have more comments on it below, but for now, here is the complete article without comment or edit. New York, New York. Planned Parenthood today announced that in the interest of public health, the organization would begin vaccinating unborn babies before killing them. Everyone needs to be vaccinated, including the inconsequential clumps of cells we're murdering, uh, I, I mean aborting, said a Planned Parenthood spokesman. With deadly COVID on the loose, we can't be too safe. We need to be sure unborn babies don't give our abortionists COVID while they're being murdered, I, I mean aborted. The spokesman was quickly fired for accidentally using the word murder twice. According to sources, Planned Parenthood will use a government grant to immunize both mothers and their babies to ensure health and safety before the baby is prematurely removed from its mother's womb and killed. We do this because we care about human lives, said a brand new Planned Parenthood spokesman. We will always go the extra mile to ensure our murders are completed safely. Uh, uh, no, I, I, I mean abortions. That spokesman was quickly dragged off stage with a large cane. What do you think? Is the story accurate? Is it a fabrication of imagination gone wild? I'm going to weigh in with an opinion that it is a combination of both. Surely no one at PP would have ever uttered those words, even if they are fully the truth. 
The story would use much more finesse to cover the hard truth, but the truth is just below the surface. Can we believe that vaccinations are being applied to both mother and unborn baby? <laughs> Possibly. Even probably. In the world of 2021, we are so vaccination crazy, it's not hard to believe anything. From the vaccination standpoint, I believe the story has credibility. If you know anything about Planned Parenthood, you know that they have no reluctance to take human life in the name of convenience. Gone are the days when one sent their daughter off to live with Aunt Susie for six or seven months while she had her baby out of the eyes of the neighbors, hoping to avoid the shame. Today, it's not uncommon to see a bulging belly one day and a few days later, all gone, problem solved. The baby is as disposable as the diapers it might have worn. I don't expect every one of our listeners to agree with our views about everything here at Southwest Radio. Each of us comes to a set of facts with our backgrounds and understanding of the world around us. They act as filters of what we believe or how much we believe before we draw a line. That the Babylon Bee is known for satire obviously flavors the story, and it's quite obvious. That that satire points a straight arrow at the truth is undeniable. While the spokesman in the story was dragged off the stage with a large cane, I am not planning to exit stage left quite yet. The purpose of including this article and comments is to remind us again that the devil is the great deceiver. It is one of his job definitions. He can be trusted for one thing with no doubt. That is, he cannot be trusted for anything. This is a time of greater deception than ever before. We don't know from one day to the next what the latest big one is going to be, whether it comes from the Biden White House, the halls of Congress, or from down the street. It seems so few are in the business of truth-telling as to be frightening. Does this point to anything? Possibly several things, but this one comes to mind. I am firmly of the belief that we are living in the final generation of human history. Before the Lord Jesus signals Gabriel or whichever other angel is given the privilege to play the most anticipated trumpet solo in all of history. 1 Corinthians 5, 52-58 says, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this incorruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is thy sting? O oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always, 
abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. With nothing we can find in the scriptures that points to additional unfulfilled prophecy, it is just a matter of time before that last soul puts his or her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to fill the body of believers in the church age. Said another way, the trumpet fanfare could happen right this very moment. Friend, if you have never placed your faith in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior from your sins, you will not join Jesus in heaven the next moment. You will still be here on earth with the millions of others with dumbfounded looks on their faces wondering what just happened. This is not an enviable position to be in if it means you will spend all of the rest of eternity, a long time by the way, in hell. If you are hearing this and are not born again through Jesus, these words will echo as if you had your head inside Big Ben while he's chiming for all eternity and you will never forget that you had a chance, but you missed it. Don't be another of Satan's victims. Do not take chances. If you have any doubts, please call SWRC and talk to one of us about how you can know beyond doubt that your sins are forgiven and you're heaven bound. Call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. In 2022, Lord willing, we will be hosting tours to both Israel and Turkey. You are invited to join Southwest Radio Ministries on an 11-day Holy Land experience to Israel and Jordan, and on a nine-day Churches of Revelation tour in Turkey. These tours include all-inclusive pricing that covers entrance and program fees, gratuities, overseas transfers, fuel surcharges and government taxes, and international airfare from New York City. Also included in the price are stays in first-class hotels, transportation in deluxe air-conditioned motor coaches, daily breakfast and dinner, as well as guided tours and Bible studies with both Dr. Larry Spargimino and James Collins. Walk where Jesus walked. See Jerusalem, Petra, and Masada. Experience Bethlehem, Galilee, and Jericho. In Turkey, visit Istanbul, Ephesus, and Smyrna. Travel in the footsteps of the Apostle Paul and see Thyatira, Colossae, Philadelphia, Sardis, Laodicea, and much, much more. Registration is now open for both of these tours, but space is limited and the tours are expected to fill up pretty fast. Visit the tour section of our website for dates, complete itineraries, pricing, and payment information swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Experience the Holy Land with Southwest Radio Ministries, Israel, Jordan, and Turkey with Dr. Larry Spargimino and James Collins. Register today at swrc.com or call 1-800-652-1144. And be sure to get your copy of today's offer, Do Our Pets Go to Heaven? by Terry James and Tom Horn for a gift of $15 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. 
You can also order online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Terry James returns tomorrow to discuss supernatural implications of the current Middle East and why what happens next will be important to you. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.